Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 5, Episode 15 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. No, this is not the Halloween episode. We missed that one through a series of unfortunate events. But this is our next to Halloween episode, slated to come out on November the 7th, 2022. And we're going to get right into it. We got some stuff about uh, media servers, uh, so silicon on demand, which is fun, and uh, free speech. And uh, we're going to start off by reviewing a fig wine that we made from some figs in Ricky's back uh, backyard. Uh, we didn't make it in Ricky's backyard. We made it at my house, but we got the figs from Ricky's backyard. Mm. So, Man, I'm really liking this. Yeah, it's really it- good, right? It is Fantastic. really good. So we use the figs and some fig byproducts. I'd already turned some of the figs into things like fig butter and, mm-hmm. you know, fig jam. So uh, in terms of sugars, there's the figs, some white sugar and honey from when I made those derivatives. And then we also use pomegranate juice and then just some extra honey. So it's a, it's a good little mix, but man, it's come out really smooth and it's got that really dark flavor. That I like like it's a sweetness but it's that dark sweetness if you've ever had like a red muscadine mm-hmm. it's kind of like in that in that realm it's really good yeah it I mean it is very very nice um, it has a very good like um, flavor that enhances the figginess to it yeah, yeah I think that's my favorite thing we've talked about this before that I like a, a fruit wine that tastes like the fruit it's made of and this very much does taste like kind of pomegranate and fig. Yep. So, here's a question. What do you think the ABV on this ended up being? As smooth as it is, it still has some pretty intense legs, so I'm going to say like 14% plus. Okay, you're you're in the you're in the money on that. It's 15.09% okay. ABV. Um it uh it ended up still being sweet though at uh finishing uh at 0.033 mm-hmm. so it's you know yeah. a fairly sweet wine uh but you know we 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 hit that because this is a 15 percent uh, the law of in d47 supposed to bring out fruity esters and mm-hmm. things like that um it it's cap is right at 15 percent. so we yeah you know, we max it out we max and it i mean it, it's definitely a sweet wine you know it's not quite at that like dessert level so, like, when I went to the state fair not long ago and was tasting sweet wines, they had some painfully sweet ones. We're not we're not at that level. But, yeah, it's definitely, if you prefer a dry wine, this isn't yours. Yeah. But it's, it's really good, especially if you like figs. Yeah, yeah. If you like figs and pomegranate, it really does nail those flavors well. Yeah. Which is really interesting because I remember when we first tasted it, we said, oh, it's a little watery. Yeah. So like some time really brought those flavors out. Well, that and and the second round of honey that I added. Yeah, we did put more sweetener in, which I'm I'm sure helped some. But like, yeah. you know, the this feel those flavors so much more pronounced than we did beforehand. We didn't add any more of those flavors in. That's well, interesting. What I'm saying is, so we added sweet when you came over and we adjusted it. We added mm-hmm. it. It blew through all that. Oh, okay. It started out at like at like a nine ten percent mm-hmm. ABV wine. It blew through that. It blew through the next amount that we did. That bumped it up to that 15. Okay. And then I added a little bit more. Or that bumped gotcha. it up to like 14. I added a little bit more. So it got step fed. Okay. And then um, then adding the the other thing that really helped was the tannins from the 
um, from the actual figs when you brought yeah. them over and we put them in. So, and there's no telling how much, because this thing could be a 17% ABV wine. Um, it's 15 plus, and I, I only know it's at least 15% because we added those figs in, mm-hmm. but it was our, that, that was in secondary, so it just added sugar to it. Yeah. And it pulped them up good. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a little hard to measure those things because, you know, when they're still solid in there, even if you mush them up, there's all that sugar that's not available in the liquid yet. So your gravity readings are never never quite there. So I guess yeah, that that's a good point. It's at least fifteen. We'll, right. We'll see how. We'll know tonight when I when I pop open a bottle how uh, how high the actual ABV is <laughs> based on how many glasses we can get through. Yeah, I I um I imagine it's not going to be that much, but I, I I bottled it. I I haven't labeled them yet. So do you wanna do you wanna wait until they're labeled, or do you wanna just like take a couple home now? No, I th- I think this is good enough. I need to bring this back to my wife. Okay, that sounds good. I'm going to enjoy drinking that through this episode. So let's talk about Elon buying Twitter. And mm-hmm. I, just to let you know, if you don't like it, you're fired. If, if, if you don't appreciate yeah, I've heard the a lot of people speech. have been let go. Well, it's not just that the heat <laughs> people are making memes about if you don't like this new free speech that we're putting out here, you're fired <laughs> for Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he actually said that or not, so I'm not going to put that out there, but what do you think about Elon buying Twitter? It's it's real interesting. I think we'll we'll all know a little bit more about it as the years go on. Cuz you know they got that whole legal battle and all this other stuff and basically like did Elon want to buy Twitter or not to buy Twitter? We don't really know. He certainly wanted to in the beginning, but then there were problems with reported metrics, but then the judge said you have to buy it anyway and like it, it's a bunch of stuff going on with that. I, the more interesting part of the story is how many people have gotten up in arms about charging for whatever it was, the verification. Yeah, the blue the, check. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they actually call that. Um, I, I think it's called the blue check. Well, yeah, th- but it's like there's a process. You have to be like, you verify. It's like the verification yeah. or something it, like it that. It is a verification process, um, but it is the blue, the blue check mark, I think is yeah. what they're calling it, though. Yeah, yeah, that, that's certainly what, what the little symbol is. But yeah, a lot of people are upset about that one. That you have to, to pay like to have that and treating it like, well, now you have to pay for Twitter. And it's like, but nobody but like politicians and, you know, media people had check marks anyway. That was the whole point. Yeah. It was like this validates that this is the famous person they're pretending to be. So if you're a famous person, why do you care about eight dollars a month? Well, they they're also doing so like the blue check is like a status symbol thing, the way that they're putting it out there. And then there's also going to be a verified thing, so you can still you can get verified as being you mm-hmm. without the check. Okay. But the check for the subscription, like, is like a visual notification that you have paid mm-hmm. the money and you know are verified. Okay. Yeah, it it just feels weird that that people are so upset about it to me cuz I guess like cuz you know we're nerds, we're into video games and stuff like that. And that sort of thing. Like you're a member of a, a video game forum and you have a like a colored text because you're a senior member or because you're a premium member or something like that. That's been around forever. Yep. So like maybe to me it feels silly and to other people who aren't and maybe never been exposed to that it feels weird. But how that's turned into a, 
you can't privatize free speech by charging me eight bucks for a question mark that doesn't stop me from using the platform or a check mark that doesn't stop me from using the platform. Feels a little weird. Yeah, and I think there's also so there's the the concept, but well, th- this is really the topic for me. It's the free speech topic. Mm-hmm. The the blue check mark and all that other hullabaloo with just distractors. Um, I think ultimately Twitter is a social media platform. Mm-hmm. In my mind, there should be more regulations because of the problems that social media cause causes. Um, but it's still a privatized company. Yeah, and that privatized company by our laws is treated by by u.s law shouldn't say by our laws because we might have Mm -hmm. people from other countries that are listening to this uh, but by u.s laws are uh, are treated like an individual so they can use their own platform to say what they want to um much like we have regulations on what is hate speech and being able to say things like that i still i think that there should be regulations on these companies uh, that aren't that says you know one they're not an individual so they do have yeah. to follow certain rules and then two um, that these companies are set up so that they are probably a, if they operate in the United States they have to abide by certain laws that they don't restrict certain types of speech or they don't elevate one type of speech over another. Mm-hmm. That said. In the in the ultimate ultimate of it, as legal goes today, as laws are, mm. um, none of that matters. They're they're a privatized company that's treated as an individual. They can talk about and do things the way they want to, as long as it doesn't violate labor laws or violate some other criminal law. Yeah. So, I don't. Uh, the The reason this is a topic for me, bringing it back, you know, the free speech part of it, the whole like, you know. Free speech is being destroyed because Twitter got bought out by Elon or, oh my God, we're going to get free speech mm-hmm. now. We can say whatever thing we want to. N-word, 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 N-word. <laughs> F-bomb, 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 F-bomb. Um, you know, it. people get up in arms on both sides of the, but this is a privatized company, not a, yeah. not a open. And, and one of the real problems with that is platforms do in many legal aspects have to only allow certain things on their platform uh you don't twitter's so large maybe it's not the best example but i know like when i was growing up there were a lot of forums that were very open you could do whatever you want you could say whatever you want and then they'd suddenly get locked down because somebody went too far or some hosting platform changed or something and it's like well this is a platform that you can communicate on, but because the person who runs it is treated as the individual and this gets treated almost pretty much everything that happens here gets treated as if they did it because they're on this thing that they own, then, you know, things would get shut down. Forums would go away. But that's, so it, that's under the hate speech thing, right? Like where, cause there are certain things that you can't say, especially if they're running the U S I mean, mm-hmm. other countries like, if we went to Iran, there's thing there's like lockdowns on just things that you can't say, right? Yeah. They don't have that concept of freedom of speech like that. In other countries like China, it's kind of the same thing. They have they have their own freedoms, but they don't have that like set of freedoms in that way. So this is not an America is the freest place. But if we're talking about American law, are you referring to like the hate speech kind of thing? Because that is illegal to use hate speech to threaten people and to do things like that or harassing language. Those are like legally 
you know, things that, that are problematic? Not, not really. So again, cause this was probably flavored from when I was young, I was on forums with all, mm-hmm. lots of other young people. It would be things of like that nature. It's like, Hey, this is a, a place with minors. That's a, maybe more an adult conversation. That's what's happening on this part of the forum. Okay. You can't do that. So now you're banned. And you know, again, it, where you would really see this is when it comes into that idea that, hey, you know, maybe this is some video game forum and you guys are talking about things and there's that like off topic section and yeah. something in off topic gets a little bit too real. Well, hey guys, I got a call from like my local police department, you know, mm-hmm. or like they told me they'd been informed that this forum I own, and this is like me talking as if I was the forum admin, you know, this is stuff they would tell us. Is that hey we can't we can't do that I'm gonna have to shut that down. So if it's in another country, that's very possible. In in the U.S., unless it's unless it falls into one of those two, and and sexual content towards minors does mm-hmm. fall into like the harassment and illegal thing. Yeah. But unless it falls into one of those three things, either someone was lying to them, or they, you know, were were saying that as an excuse to say I don't like this thing and I'm just going to shut it down and use use laws. Yeah, I mean it happened on so many forums and there were ones that I that were like seized. They yeah. like, you know, that it was out of their control. But you know, again, with the place with a bunch of kids, it's always really easy to, you know, hey, two people on the forum, you know, really liked hanging out and now they're DMing each other stuff yeah. and there's now stuff on our server that probably shouldn't be on our server. So that, it's that sort of that, stuff. That, you know? that sort of thing. And that falls into that like sexual predator, child, you know, mm-hmm. like bad things kind of law. And, th- and that's, I mean, legit, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and it is. But I guess that's kind of one of the things that I always look at this through is that when we start talking about companies as people, it's really like the worst of both worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Because the company is under an immense amount of pressure to keep certain things off their platform because they are directly responsible, considered responsible for it. You know, those people posting those things on those forums were not the people getting in trouble. It was the person that ran the forum because they owned the platform. But then at the same time, you have all the stuff that goes on with like the tax laws that makes it so much easier for companies to not have to pay their fair share of taxes because they're treated like individuals. They're not treated like a corporation. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really weird mix and maybe that's going off topic, but yeah, I I guess maybe to, to bring it back around the idea that there is or is not free speech on Twitter is probably moot. There is the amount of speech that they're allowed to have, you know? Yeah. Um, it's never going to be com- completely free speech because completely free speech doesn't exist as we've already touched on. There's several topics you're not allowed to yeah. talk about, you know, um, the idea and, of free speech is more like you're, uh, the government can't censor you from talking about, you know, and we've expanded this over, over the years, religious, political, uh, ideological kind of things that, uh, were being squashed in many ways mm-hmm. by by uh, governments in you know at the yeah. time that that kind of came about. Um, so the, it's not really it's not Twitter is not a harbinger of free speech. <laughs> yeah, and you know, really, our free speech laws kind of suck for that sort of stuff because yeah. free speech was really designed around a time when people were talking. Yep the the free speech was about police officers are not going to bust down the door to the bar you guys are hanging at because they heard you were talking about a thing you weren't supposed to talk about. Yeah. You know, no one's coming to your house and and arresting you because of the conversation you had with your in-laws. Yeah. You know, but 
now the majority of communication is happening over services. Yep. It's the text messages from your phone provider. It's Facebook. It's Twitter. It's Reddit. You know, stuff like that. And those are all private companies. And they can do whatever the hell they feel like. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. They can do what they feel like. They can they can say this is not allowed on our on our thing, or mm-hmm. you can talk about this stuff as long as it doesn't violate laws in the country in which the platform's hosted, yep. and and there or the the country in which the person's sitting. Mm-hmm. There's some legal precedents for both. Um, yeah, I don't want to cut that short. No, no, no. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of wrapped it up. Okay, you know, it's, it's almost a moot point. You know, those platforms are not designed for free speech. They'll let you talk about as much as they think they can let you talk about before it inconveniences them. So that they can monetize it. Well, monetizing or, or to reduce their risk of whatever, you know, yeah. how, however you want to flavor it. You know, they're going to let you talk about the things that they feel they want you to be able to talk about. Yeah, well, th- I mean, they're a for-profit company. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're they're nonprofit or something. That'd be an interesting thing, having a nonprofit social media platform. It'd be interesting just to find a social media platform that actually makes money. <laughs> um, I think that's one of the things that came with Twitter, right? Like Twitter's never had a profitable, had a profitable quarter year. or something yeah. like that. Or at least to like internally, there was, there was some way it got flavored that it was like, look, Twitter makes no money um, from really doing anything. Same thing with like Facebook doesn't really make money if you took away the monetization of private data. Yeah. You know, there's not really like letting me talk to you does not net money. Yeah. So like these companies really do just exist to find some other thing about you being on their platform to make money off of. So I think we're going to skip the running your own media server today, and I'll add that to like okay. one of the other topics. But let's talk about Intel On Demand Silicon as a Service. Okay. Okay. So Intel sells you a uh, Xeon processor. It has mm-hmm. 10 cores and 20 threads. The uh, And it has, um, you know... Uh, five efficiency cores and five performance cores or two performance cores and eight efficiency cores, right? Well, Intel, you can pay them a a monthly subscription for the, for the processor and they'll unlock the other 10 cores. So you've got a 20 core, 40 thread Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, They'll make it so that you have more performance cores. So you, now you have, you know, eight performance cores and 12 efficiency cores and they'll allow you to have things like virtualization or something like that, depending on mm-hmm. which of the, the tiers that you choose to pay per month. Now, this is not like a consumer-grade thing. Yeah. But this is not the first time they've also tried to do this. They did this with Pentium stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I really don't understand it from a business standpoint. Because in my mind... You are producing that chip that has those technologies on it. It costs you a certain amount of money to do the research and development. It costs you a certain amount of money to actually get the chip produced and shipped and all that stuff. But now you're saying, I spent all the money to make this chip that can do all this stuff. But I'm willing to give it to you at a lower price that will only use half the stuff in it. And then you can pay me extra to get all the stuff. Because if I was a consumer, I would just be sitting here thinking, okay, how can you afford to give it to me at the cheaper price if the cheaper price isn't also profitable? So like you're selling me this expensive piece of equipment 
that I've probably already paid for all of your stuff and you've gotten a profit margin. And now you want more profit for me to actually be able to use all the things in the thing I bought. Right. You know, like in certain software scenarios like AWS, I get it. Maybe I'm not using their resources until I spin up. So it's not costing Amazon more until I do more, which is why it costs me more. But you're giving me a physical product. You've already clearly had to have paid mm-hmm. for the product. Like, you're just talking between being somewhat profitable and more profitable. So I'm going to give you two takes on it. All mm-hmm. right, One is kind of pro doing this. The other one is maybe pro doing this for nefarious reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually for this. So don't, don't, anyone that's listening to this, don't at me, you know. <laughs> um, but, all right, so we're using a, a, a Nia's Intel are the, are the chip manufacturer. I am using a certain process uh, you know, and I have to have multiple processes to make different types of chips, like a, a Xeon with lower cores and Xeon with higher cores. You know, uh, it's not exactly right. I know that they, the wafers, like uh, you're looking at which ones come out well, but the, the overall, the process has to be on different like nodes to be able to make it work a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. I can streamline that by just making everything the high end chip or this, this mid-tier chip or whatever yeah. it is, and then just unlock features, but I sell it to you as a lower-end chip, um, and therefore it actually costs me less money to manufacture it. Now, before you comment on mm-hmm. that, let, let, me, let me go for the other thing. And on top of that, my second take on this is, and it provides an avenue of revenue once people get locked into our platform that means that they will consistently pay for that chip for the features that they need in a business setting over and over and over and over and over again. So the, the chip that mm. cost you $1,000 actually cost you $3,000 in its lifetime. Yeah. So there you go. No, so I, I can see both of those takes. You know, the second one was kind of what I, w- I was getting at, that, like, you're just trying to charge me for, for more money after the thing I bought yep. for it. And I, I can see, and, and I cut that out of my rant because I didn't want my rant to be too long, but I, I can <laughs> totally see number one as being like, okay, well, yeah, I don't have to necessarily do the R&D for three different chips that are all of different power. I can just make the premium chip. Right. But I really just don't believe that company would sell the premium chip at a loss hoping enough people pay the you know the monthly charge for it to be profitable. So they're going to charge you maybe not quite as high as they would have if there was no monthly, but they're still going to charge you a profitable thing. They're still yep. going to make money off of me buying the quote-unquote cheap chip. Yep. When it's the same chip. The $1000 chip from last year is now a $5000 chip that you just have to have a subscription to be able to unlock the premium features on. Yeah, and I I really just don't understand it. Because it, it feels like people are not learning their lessons. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you right now what I would do. I'm not advocating anyone else that would do this. But if I if I saw on the internet, oh, I can get this chip for $1,000. If I pay 30 bucks a month, it actually has the performance. It's all unlocked of a, of a $2,000 chip. The first thing I would do is I would type into Google, you know, $1,000 chip jailbreak. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, why would I... You, I get it on an enterprise level, maybe you're not as worried about that. 
yeah, you've though, got this better is protection. The, the customer they're targeting is like yeah. enterprise and and medium to large businesses. Mm-hmm. But yeah. look, if they if they let you buy a single chip, like I can go and I can buy server pieces. Yeah, you know, I don't have to be a business to get my hands on some of that equipment. I I put that in a gaming rig and say, okay, yeah. yeah, what? Why in the world would I pay for the two thousand dollar chip when I can buy the one thousand dollar chip? Run some little ROM registry t- utility, and now I got a two thousand dollar chip. Yeah, exactly. Know? And and here's here's the uh, one of the the things that it, it does hurt in the secondary market mm-hmm. is people that are looking to pick pick up some of these old things and reuse them. That makes them less usable if they have to pay a licensing fee to be able to use it. Oh yeah, yeah. especially because you know the other side of this is that. They're going to discontinue services of things to force upgrades. Yes, absolutely. You know, they're going to be like, oh, it's been three years. This is no longer supported. You can no longer get the extra cores. We're discontinuing that. You know, so they're forcing businesses, which again, businesses are more tolerant of because they're used to having to kind of swap their hardware a lot. But, but then when the consumer that buys this secondhand on eBay mm-hmm. gets it because they want to have like a great gaming experience on a less expensive or they want to build their own home lab or something like that, that's really who you're hurting in the yeah, secondhand exactly. market. I mean, that it, and it makes it so that you're, you're, you're making it like, no, 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 you need to buy our Core i7 to be able to game. Yeah. You can't have the Xeon chip. The Xeon chip was licensed only for this type of compute. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the next thing that's going to happen as well. It's licensed for, like, you have to buy the subscription and you have to license it for the specific kind of compute that you're doing with it. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. All right. Anyways, end of the episode. We went over by 10 <laughs> minutes. Got to quit doing that. Um, so this has been Season 5, Episode 15 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Thank you so much for watching. It's coming out on November 7th, 2022, and we'll catch you next time.